Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. Welcome, Evangel Church. Glad to have you with us today. Merry Christmas to you all. This is the story that begins it all. This is where it all begins. So many of the things that we have passed down that are traditions, so many of the things we see around us and that consume our time during the Christmas season. And yet it's all about this first story and it all starts here, right in God's word as we read it. Today we're gonna come back to this passage of scripture to hear the story that we tell each Christmas season. It's so important for us to continue to be reminded of our roots and of how God began this glorious and incredible work that we ultimately celebrate as Christmas. And at these two times of the year, Christmas and at Easter time, they are some of the most uh, attended times for churches at large. We see that as well here at Evangel. And yet at the same time, uh, it becomes one of the most predictable seasons to wonder what are we going to talk about when we come together on Christmas and on Easter. Any other time that you can come and say, I wonder what pastor is going to be talking about. But when we come together on Easter, I'm always going to be talking about an empty tomb. And whenever we come together on Christmas, we're always going to be talking about a God who loved us so much that his son was born into a world that was broken so that he could redeem us. And so we're here to talk about the birth of Jesus the story that changed everything, that changed us. And really, we look at it as such a a key point in our history. I don't know where you've been and what your life has been like up until today. I don't know how chaotic things seem. I don't know what this year, 2015, has brought your way. But I've been praying that although we go to a passage of Scripture that may seem familiar to many, that God has a fresh word for you that he has something that he will speak into the depths of your heart to challenge you, to change you, and to give you an amazing gift this Christmas, the gift of his presence intervening in your life. And so today, would you just join me in a word of prayer? And as we pray, we're gonna pray to that end, that God would meet us, that God would speak to us, and that he would have something fresh for you today as you hear from his word. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you're alive. We thank you that your word is timeless, Lord God, that it speaks to us today right where we are, Lord God. And I pray for the seasons that people are walking through today. I pray for what they're carrying and what they've walked into this place with. Lord God, I pray for each day and each circumstance that has led them to this point in time. And Lord, I'm believing that as we look to your word together, that you have a word that is in season for each one that's here, Lord God. Lord, you know us, you created us, you loved us, Lord God. And it doesn't matter if someone's sitting in this pew today that's been here for for, um, decades or if they've been here for just a few moments because they received an invitation from someone else. Lord, no one's here by accident. You, the God of the universe, Lord, you've ordained these moments. And we pray that you'd meet us in a special way as we open your word, as we look to you. Jesus, meet us in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today about something that happens uh, in our lives as, as we live them, and it's about interruptions. How many of you get annoyed by interruptions in your day and in your life? There are so many times that we can face an interruption some way or another, and it disrupts our schedule, it disrupts our timing, it disrupts our plans and the things that we desire to do, and those interruptions catch us off guard. Now, the level of the interruption normally is correlative to how much pain it causes us or how much frustration we feel or how much fear and anxiety that come along with that interruption. 
Now maybe, you know, you've been caught in traffic every day as you're heading to work and so you get to work each day a little bit more annoyed than the last because of that kind of interruption to your timing. But I'm talking also about bigger interruptions. Some of you, your life has been totally interrupted. You've received a diagnosis from a doctor. Something's happened. Your health has fallen. And today you really never, ever thought you would be where you are. And today your life has just become interrupted in a way that you feel uh, will never change. Others, your life has been interrupted because a relationship has fallen apart, because a marriage has crumbled, because something has been cut short. And, and today, you, you never thought you would be in this place, but your life is interrupted. Maybe it's uh, with your job. Maybe it's with something else going on inside of your life and circumstances. But maybe you're facing a huge interruption today. Something happened that you could have never planned or anticipated, and there you are now. You're wondering what's going to happen and what does the future look like. Today we see that there are many interruptions that we can think about throughout history, many interruptions we could read about in the Bible, but I believe that the greatest interruption that ever happened happened when Jesus came to earth and was born into our world, into our life, into our story. When the creator, the author of history intersected with our story, our history. And that becomes the most pivotal moment that everything in this world hinges on is the moment that God became flesh, that Jesus truly became God with us because he came to us, born of a virgin, born into this world. And you need to see how this moment in history was a huge interruption. It was an interruption for every person that was involved in the story, from Herod to Mary to Joseph to the Magi to everyone. It was an interruption to their lives, their story, their security, their power, their everything, their plans and purposes. And it would go on to be the greatest interruption that has ever happened in the history of the universe. It was the moment that God saw his people living in sin and hopelessness and darkness and intervened and interrupted all of that to bring forth his light, his healing, his peace. When we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Christmas story, we're talking about a glorious interruption, an interruption that changes everything. And today, as you've been walking through many, maybe interruptions that have disrupted your life, would you see this great interruption and see how the Lord might want to bring perspective into your heart around it. Let's look together in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. If you have your Bible, you can open there. If not, you can see it on the screen uh, behind me here. Here's what it says in Matthew's Gospel. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Let's stop right there in verse 19. So we see that when Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. And we see how Joseph wants to respond to that. Now the first thing we need to realize is this plan that is unfolding in the lives of these two young people. There's this man named Joseph, and we'll find out as we read later in Luke's gospel that he's of the descendants of David. So he is of a significant family line that goes all the way back to King David, and he was a righteous man, the Bible says. 
right there in verse 19. And therefore, he observed the law. He wanted to honor God with his life. He wanted to flee from what's evil. He wanted to cling to what's good and right. He wanted to live his life in that way to honor God. And so he chose to honor God with his relationship. And he was betrothed. He was arranged to be married to a woman named Mary. And as they were preparing for this day, the ties of engagement in that time weren't the same as today. It was as good as being married, that there was nothing really to undo that unless someone would break that vow and that commitment to be wed together. And so there's a great responsibility or a great weight that's already being carried by these families, by these individuals, because they're united. They're just waiting for that day when, it, when before God they would then come together as husband and wife. And during that preparation, during that time, Joseph's life is interrupted in a way that just would take our breath away if we encountered it ourselves. Could you put yourself in his shoes with me, okay? Put yourself there with me. Joseph, yes, Mary? I need to talk to you. Okay, what? I'm with child. I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it's God's. What do you, what do you say to that? Uh, okay, okay, so let's this. Some of you. Uh, you know of those times, those interruptions in your life that change everything. And some of those interruptions can be planned. Men, there was a point in time for many of you that you got down on one knee and you opened up a box and there was a ring in it and you placed it on a finger and you said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you be my wife? Will you marry me? And that yes, that yes was a moment when your life would soon be interrupted and changed forever. Now, although you have put that on a calendar and although you put all the planning in and although you went through all the preparations to get to that day and time, you knew the wedding would be there and you have a bank account that has several less dollars in it because the wedding day did come and did go. And all those things that you invested into, it happened. You could have never ultimately predicted what it would be like when you crossed over that line and when two became one and when you truly became husband and wife in God's sight. It was a moment that just interrupted everything in your life, changed you. So some interruptions can certainly be for the better. But they're also ones that you could never anticipate, never even fully understand what's waiting on the other side of it. So we see that they're preparing for that kind of day. Imagine if you're preparing for that kind of day. And your fiancé walks up to you and says, hey, I have a couple things I want to talk to you about. Number one, I got the flower arrangements going. Number two, I, I checked out the invitation. Number three, I'm pregnant and the child is God's. Number four... Uh, you, hold on, wait, one second. What? What? No, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. We're not buying the flowers. We're not buying anything. What, what should have happened during this time for this woman who had, had, had been now found pregnant would be for her to come under the law, for her to come under investigation, for them to ultimately decide what has happened here. Has someone sinned? Is something wrong? Has something scandalous taken place? And if so, then punishment needs to come to make that right. And that could be including the death of this young girl, Mary. It could be the shame of Joseph. He would now walk around with a reputation around what happened. What took place with this couple who is not married, who is now with child? And so his first inclination is, whenever the interruption comes into his life, it's, I'm just going to figure this out on my own, in my own strength, in my own power. I'm going to put together a plan. Here's my plan. I'm just going to dismiss her quietly into the night, and I'm going to move on. I don't want a, a lot of shame, a lot of harm, and I'm just going to move on from this interruption. I'm going to figure it out. Some of us, when we are dealt with those interruptions, the first thing we do 
is we look at ourselves. We look at our own strength, our own wisdom, our own intuition, our own ways, our own understanding, and we lean on it with everything that we are. We support everything that we are facing with our own capacity to comprehend and figure it out. And we say, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna navigate this. I'm gonna get myself through it. I'm gonna figure it out. And the interruption comes and Joseph is in the middle of that process of just trying to figure out this life-altering interruption that's happened to him. But in that moment, the Lord shows up. And aren't you so thankful that for you and me at times, when we're going through it and we're trying to do everything in our own strength, and our own understanding, that the God of the universe loves us so much that he'll show up just to get our attention. And the Lord gets his attention in a special way in verse 20. It says this, But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph woke up from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to his son, and he would be called Jesus. If we go all the way back into Scripture, we could read a passage that was written hundreds of years before this point in time that God would use to point back to, to give a sign that could be fulfilled to show that God is a God who keeps his promises. And in that moment, He's heard, and, and Joseph is confronted with God's promise all the way back in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so, Joseph, as he's going through this process, he's trying to figure it out. The Lord gets his attention through a dream. The angel speaks to him and says, don't be afraid. And don't try to figure this out on your own. The plans that you are making are nothing compared to the plans that God has already been carrying out. And what Joseph got a picture of in just that moment was this interruption that had come into his life was actually a part of a story that is so much bigger than him he could not even comprehend it. In that moment, what he had the ability to understand by God giving him a revelation, a revealing of himself, God showed him this, the story, what you see as disappointment, what you see as life-altering, what you see as loss, what you see as difficulty is actually a part of me working out my bigger plan, not just in your life, but in the history of the world. And at times, you and I, we can get so caught up in seeing our own disappointment, our own interruption, not understanding how we're going to figure it out. And there are those times that God's showing how he truly is a God who works out all things together for good. And for some of you today, the interruption you've been living out, the interruption you've been wrestling with, the thing that you have no way of making heads or tails of is actually God's way of working out a greater story in your life and in the lives of others. 
God needs us to know that. He needs us to have that perspective. He needs us to be able to respond by looking to him and asking him to give us his perspective when things like this take place. And so we see that Joseph's response after God gives him that sense and he's able to trust him by faith. And he gives him that vision that he then does as the angel commanded and told him. He took Mary to be his wife. and They had the son. His name was Jesus. I want you to look with me now and let's go over and we're going to see the other side of this story. We're going to see it from the perspective of Mary. And when we look there, we see it in Luke chapter 1. So why don't you turn there with me right now in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. See, Joseph was reminded that this Jesus who was coming wasn't just a son, but it would be literally God with us that God was going to be taking on flesh and blood and that he was coming to be born into this world to ultimately suffer and die for our sins. If only he could have known and fully comprehended the vastness of God's plan being worked out in that very moment. And we see this young girl who would be very afraid, who would be very thrown off, who had all kinds of plans that were unfolding in her life. It was all mapped out, all figured out, and in a moment, it all turned upside down. We see here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he, the angel, said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was very perplexed at this statement. And she kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And he, you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give, you the th- give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I am a virgin. She says, These things, she's surprised as she's caught off guard by this angel. Her life is interrupted in a very dramatic way. And in a moment's notice, she is told that she's found favor with God. This perplexes her. She doesn't even understand it. And then God's plan, he starts to tell her, this is what's going to happen. You're going to give birth to a son. And his name is going to be Jesus. He's going to save the people. He's going to be great. He'll uh, take on the throne of David. His rule will have no end. This is who's coming into the world and it's going to happen through you. And she says, I don't understand. I can't understand this. How could this be so? It says, the Bible says she was literally perplexed by this interruption in her life. Have you ever been perplexed by an interruption in your life? Have you ever been perplexed by the thing that you're walking through, just trying to make heads or tails out of it? And there it is. She finds this news and she's completely confounded by it. And the angel points to these signs that would be unfolding around her. And one of them that he says, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And he goes on to say to her that even your relative Elizabeth has conceived of a son in her old age. And she was barren up until her sixth month. So she's giving her all, the angel's giving her all this perspective on what is unfolding. 
And Mary's taking that in, and yet it's so hard for her to comprehend in that moment. It's so easy for us to become overwhelmed by things that we can't understand that God is bringing about. And I want you to know that Jesus, the greatest interruption, was something that even his parents could not grasp that it was happening as they were being made aware of this. They're in the center of the story. They're at the center of this interruption. We see it as the greatest story ever told, and yet for them, they could not make heads or tails of it. It felt like their world was upside down. There are things that will happen in your life. There are things that you will walk through that God will allow, and then he will turn around and use. And in the moment, you will feel completely caught off guard. You will feel completely confused, but you take three steps back, and a little bit of time passes, and you look at it, and you say, look at how God was working. Look at how God was working out his plan. What an amazing way for us to see through even the story of Jesus coming to earth, how God has such an amazing way of working out his plan when his people trust him, even when they don't understand him. Today, do you trust God even when you don't understand him? Today, do you have the ability to trust him even when you can't see everything working out? Do you have the ability to cling to him even when the world feels like it's turning upside down? Because I want to tell you, that's the journey that he takes his followers on. That's the journey he allows you and I to walk. For us, we normally have this saying, and it's one that we use so often, and unfortunately, even after we come to faith in Jesus, we don't stop using it. We'll even say it to God. Here's the statement. I'll see it to believe it. I'll see it to believe it. You can feel like God is putting something in your heart and say, you know what, I'll see it to believe it. Unfortunately, that goes completely against the grain with what God talks about in his word and what it means to live by faith, right? Faith is ultimately the evidence of things hoped for, not seen. It's being able to hold on to a promise even when we can't see it. Being able to trust God at his word. And it can be easy for us to, in this life, to develop trust issues, right? Because why? People's word means so little and so often in so many circumstances. And because of that, we can often take all of that disappointment and we can turn to God and we can put that right in his face and say, you know what, I'll see it to believe it. But I want you to know something today. Not one of his promises has God ever failed on. Not one of his promises has he ever turned back on. God is a God who keeps his word, who keeps his promises, and he calls us to trust him. Our way is I'll see it to believe it, meaning I'm not going to believe it until I can see it. God's way is this. You're not going to see it until you're ready to believe it by faith. Believe, trust, hold on, don't wait for the answer. That's not faith. That's not trusting me. So Mary had this moment she had to come to. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure which way is up. But this is what she says. When the angel says, nothing is impossible for God. That's the angel's story. He said, trust him at his work because nothing is impossible for him. Not what's happened with Elizabeth. Not what's going to happen with you. And she said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She allowed this interruption into her life, knowing, knowing that she didn't understand it, knowing she couldn't comprehend it. And God had a way of working out his plan and purpose through it. It's easy in those moments when we don't understand what's happening in our lives, when we can't predict what's next, to become overwhelmed and to become very, very afraid. 
And I'm so thankful that as we read the Christmas story at every angle, there are these words that accompany and the same words that go out as there are some shepherds out tending to their flocks at night and as they're out in the fields with them, angels appear to them and they say these very same words, do not be afraid, fear not, don't be afraid. When Joseph's there and he's, his world is crashing in and he's wondering, what am I going to do with the mess that is in front of me? This interruption seems too big. The angel comes in a dream. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. So he comes to Mary and the angel shows up and says, Mary, do not be afraid. That today, in the midst of these interruptions that we walk through, in the midst of the difficulties that we face in this life, when we come to the Christmas season, we are reminded of the one who has come and who has given us that word that we don't have to be afraid of whatever comes in this life. That we can take heart. That we can trust him today. Why? Because they knew what, what those people could not understand that this one who had come, this one who was born into such a humble place was God in the flesh, that who was there was the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the Healer, the Provider, the one who could heal and bring sight to blind eyes, who could raise the dead to life. The author of salvation was there. The light of the world had come. They didn't need to be afraid of the darkness any longer. And in that moment, they're reminded of what they could so easily forget. Just how big God is. Just how in control he is. Just how much he's working out his plan in and through their lives and circumstances and in the midst of that interruption. So you and I, we can so easily walk through this life just gripped with fear of the unknown, of the future, of what's going on around us. And maybe this has been a scary season for you and what you're walking through. But I'm reminded of these words that come during each of those interruptions. And the constant is this, do not be afraid, fear not. Because the Lord is near and the Lord's working out his plan. Reminded of a show that many of us have seen, a special that I referenced back when I was talking about Lily's toys and I held up Charlie Brown. This year, 2015, is the 50th anniversary of the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And maybe you had a chance to watch it. Maybe you had a chance to take it in. Has anyone seen it? Has everyone in the room seen it? The Charlie Brown Christmas special features these characters that we come to know uh, from, from uh, Charles Schultz's uh, strip Peanuts or his, his show Peanuts. And, and so as we see Charlie Brown and all the others, we get to know them. And there's one in particular character that I want to talk to you about for a moment. And his name is Linus. And Linus has something that he loves very dearly. And does anyone know what it is? His blanket. Do you know what that blanket is called? A security blanket. You know why? It's a security blanket. It's because he holds on to it so he won't be afraid. And so he has this thing that he clings to. And there is an underlying narrative that runs through um, the entire storyline. Uh, no matter when, when you watch it or what part of it you've seen or haven't seen, but it's normally his friends trying to get him to come with, to terms with just letting go of this thing and releasing it, not being afraid. But he, he never will. He's always holding on to it. He's always clutching to it. He's always grabbing a hold of it. And I'm reminded, even like him, that there are things in this life that we just hold on to for security, isn't there? There are things that we just need. And, and whenever we get afraid and whenever all those things are happening, we just cling to those things. 
And I found out something this year, in the 50th year of this show, of this program being played over and over and over again, that something magnificent happens during the Christmas story, the Christmas um, telling. As it happens, we see in a scene in this depiction here that Linus finally lets go of the blanket and at a very pivotal moment in the story. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to just watch and I want you to see how Linus, who the whole, this whole narrative of him not being able to let go and then in the midst of this one scene, he lets go of it. And just watch this with me and see if you've ever picked up on this before. Right in the middle of him saying, fear not, he lets go of his blanket. He released it right there. And Charles Schultz had this way of just telling that story, reminding us even in that way that Jesus came to set us free from our fears. And then that moment when we hear God's word, when it comes forward, we can let go of whatever it is that we're holding on to. We don't have to be afraid anymore. We don't have to be overwhelmed anymore. We can experience the incredible peace that comes from the presence of Jesus Christ, God with us. He's the greatest gift that came. And he came to set you free of your fear. He came to set you free. He came to show you that his interruptions when they come into your life are always ones that he can redeem and work out for his greater story to be told in and through you. And today, he just wants to bring you to a place of freedom wherever you are. Whether you've been following God for, for most of your life or you're not yet following him, I want you to know we're all holding on to something. And he wants you to let go of it so that you could take hold of him. And so today, would you just bow your heads and bow your hearts with me? Everyone that can hear the sound of my voice, would you just make a, a moment with you and close yourself off with the Lord right now? And I want you to think about your life. I don't know what you've been walking through. I don't know what your life has looked like. I don't know when I say the word interruption, what has come along over the last 12 months or the last years or however long it's been and interrupted you in your plan. But I could tell you this, that Jesus was the greatest interruption. And when you allow him to now interrupt your life, it'll change everything. And so if you could hear the sound of my voice, I want to give you an invitation today to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that happens by you let going of your sin, letting go of your old life, letting go of those things that have been holding you back, letting go of your fears and your doubts and your insecurities, and just letting go of it in the presence of God. Allowing God in his great love to come into your life. Jesus came, he was born in that way, but he would die on a cross for us. And because of that, and because he rose from the dead, on that glorious third day, that means that his, he is who his word says he is. And he has the power to save us. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you're walking through. If you're willing to let go of it today and take hold of him, he will save you and change you and transform your life. And today you can walk in freedom with him. So with no one looking around, the moment between you and the Lord himself, would you acknowledge if you're ready to make that step? What I'm going to ask you to do is in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And when you do that, you're saying this, I want to put Jesus as Lord of my life. I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I want to let go of my old life and take hold of him. For some of you, maybe you're coming back to God after a long time. He's waiting, arms wide open for you. So is that you right now? 
If you're saying, today's the day, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, I want you to lift your hand up above your head wherever you're sitting. Lift your hand high above your head if that's you. Amen. I see hands going up all around. Is there anyone else? You're saying, that's me. I want to ask Jesus to come and be my Lord and my Savior. Right where you're sitting. Amen. Amen. I see hands going up all around. The balcony, if that's you, if you're watching online, lift your hand before the Lord right now. Praise God. In this moment right now, I'm going to invite you to say a prayer with me. You're going to say this from the bottom of your heart, and this is between you and the Lord ultimately. Pray, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again for me. I will follow you all the days of my life forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can put your hands down if you rose your hands. Church, can we celebrate what God has done? Would you stand with me, church? Today, if you said that prayer for the first time, let's all stand. We want to rejoice with you. We want to celebrate with you. Please don't leave here without telling someone. Tell someone around you. Come up here and tell someone at the altar. We'd love to give you a free gift. We'd love to connect with you. We don't want you to walk this journey alone. We're so thankful that this season you received the greatest gift. We're going to have some prayer workers up here. We're going to end this service by worshiping the Lord. And in his presence, just like I said, there is freedom. If you've been holding on to something today, I'm just believing that in these last moments as we sing this last song, that the Spirit of the Lord will bring freedom into your life and give you the chance to walk in that freedom. Can someone say amen to that? Will someone agree with me for that? And so listen, you got to a point now where you're saying, yes, I know I need to let go of that. Don't leave here continuing to hold on to it. Allow God to free you from that fear from whatever it is, allow him to minister to you today in his presence. You can come up here to the altar. You can pray with someone. You can kneel here. But let's just spend these last moments as the choir and the worship team leads us in the presence of the Lord, looking to the one who brings us freedom. Merry Christmas. God bless you.